When I was in seventh grade, I decided to take a community ed class on diving. I have no idea what compelled me to make my mom drive me to the high school swimming pool every Saturday morning at 8.30 a.m. and go into a damp locker room and get into a cold pool so that I could learn diving. I wasn't a swimmer. I had no experience in anything of the sort, but something about that class stood out to me in the listings that we would get in the mail in the community ed catalog. And so there I was in this diving class with like four or five other students. I had a black swim cap and black bathing suit and I will never forget the first day when one of the first exercises we were supposed to do was walk up onto the diving board, which of course stretched out over the deep end of the pool, walk all the way to the end, turn our back to the water, take a step back so our heels were dropping off the edge of the diving board, put our arms straight out at our sides like a T, and then all we had to do was let ourselves fall backwards into the water and we would actually complete a perfect back dive. That's all you had to do. If you have ever tried to let yourself fall backwards, it is extremely difficult. And one by one, each one of us would, I mean, invariably we would break and we would fall like and do a back flop into the water. I think this story relates to a conversation that I started last week on YouTube talking about fear of the future and specifically the future for our children and the world that we're bringing kids into. So I want to follow up on that conversation today because you brought up some great points that I want to address because the main point was fear of the future comes from not believing that God is there with us. However, some of you pointed out, I don't feel like God is with me here in the present. And so I want to help us walk through that today and how we can know that he's with us and how we can be sure that he's near to us and not letting us flop on our back. <laughs> so about this podcast, in 1 Corinthians 11.1, 1, Paul said, imitate me as I imitate Christ. And today I say to you, follow me as I do my very best to follow Christ in a frenzied and rapidly changing world. We'll discuss the best tools, resources, and ways to walk out our Christian faith in worship, prayer, and love so that you too can confidently say to your family, children, neighbors, coworkers, and friends, follow me as we follow Christ together. So last week I shared the story of riding in an Uber and the driver was in his upper 50s or low 60s. And when he found out that my twin sister Dawn and I had almost eight kids between us, he made this statement, I don't think I would bring kids into the world these days. And I know many of us can relate to feeling at least some measure of fear about the direction that the world is going in, about how quickly values are changing, about safety, about AI technology and robots taking over the world. There are so many things to be worried about these days. And so I actually brought us to a passage in Luke and I want, I'm going to circle back to that because I do think there are practical ways that we can be sure of the Lord's presence in the future, but even more importantly, here with us right now. And to finish my story, I kept going to the swimming class, this diving class, 
Saturday morning after Saturday morning. I would go, I was getting pretty good at my front dives. I could, you know, go like pencil straight into the water, not make a splash. It was a beautiful thing. But every single week when I would turn my back to the water and let my heels hang off the edge, tip my head back and attempt to fall without that instinct of catching yourself, I would break and I would do a backflop. And for those of us who don't feel like the Lord is with us, we're just not sure of his presence. We're not sure of the future with him because we're not sure of the now and his involvement in our life. I want to liken it to this experience because the fact is the water was there. The water was always there. It was perfectly maintained by the high school maintenance staff. It was chlorinated. It was kept at, to me, an undesirable temperature. It was a little cold. It was filled to the line it was supposed to be filled to. I had 10 feet of water or whatever to be falling into. My experience of the water was pain. My experience of the situation was falling and not feeling caught. And I believe if you are a Christian, if you have given your life to the Lord, but you feel like I'm still stumbling, I'm still experiencing loss, I'm still experiencing pain, it has more to do right now with our technique, with our focus, with how we're approaching the water than the water itself. Because if the water is Jesus, he is there. He promises to be there. In fact, this is the passage that we visited last time. It was Luke chapter 12. And the heading says, do not worry. And I just think, okay, this almost is like a guy thing, right? To just be like, don't worry. It's going to be fine. Like, I don't know. Does that feel like kind of a dude statement? And no offense to any guys that are listening that it's like, hey, it's going to be okay. Don't worry about it. For most of us, that statement does not ease our mind. I'm sure my coach, the swimming diving coach, was standing there on the side of the pool and he was like, if you will just let yourself fall, it is going to be fine. (laughs) Trust me. (laughs) But something for whatever reason deep inside of me, that did not work and that did not help. And later in this passage, after Jesus is explaining, look at the birds. They don't worry about what they're going to eat. Look at the flowers. They don't worry about what they're going to wear. Do not set your heart on what you'll eat or your drink or what you're going to drink. Don't worry about it. Your father knows what you need, what you need. And then he says this. This is Luke chapter 12, verse 31. But seek his kingdom and these things will be given to you as well. And so my proposition last week, and I could link to the video if you didn't get a chance to see it, but I'm, I'm summarizing it pretty good for you right now. Last week I said, rather than saying, don't worry, let's start to say, let's seek his kingdom. You're worried. You're fearful. You're sick. You need a job. You don't know your kids are struggling. Let's seek his kingdom. And an example of this just came up for me because uh, one of my friends was sharing with me some of the legislation that's happening here in our state regarding regarding education and homeschool which both affect us right now. We are in what I would call a homeschool experiment. <laughs> and we're just, we're just taking it day by day around here. But so far we're homeschooling. And, you know, 
legislation is changing and it's happening in our schools as well. So this relates to any parent right now. Different curriculums are being proposed, different teaching methods, value systems, everything is happening right now. This is a, a great example of something that we can feel very fearful about. Oh my goodness, am I going to be able to homeschool? Are they going to make it exceedingly difficult for me? Uh, if I do, what if my only choice is public school? Are they going to corrupt my children? Or are my children going to be able to withstand some of the pressures that they're experiencing and peer pressures and some of the negative influences that are happening right now on phones and drugs and different things like that? That is a huge source of concern or your grandchildren. And so rather than saying, don't worry, it's all going to work out because it might not. This legislation might get passed, right? Our schools might continue to change in ways that we're not comfortable with. If we say, let's seek his kingdom, then what we're saying is the Lord is going to give me wisdom. He is going to show me is this, is this my hill? Is this something that, is this a battle that I'm supposed to take up? Am I supposed to be actively involved in this? Should I be looking for ways to resist or promote or actively engage this particular battle and promote a Christian value system? Is this my battle? Or maybe we, we won't have peace around that. And so then we'll say, Lord, is this the right path? Am I supposed to be homeschooling my kids or do they need to be in public school so that they can be a light and an influence? Am I supposed to be sending my kids to public school or am I supposed to find a way to send them to a charter school or a private school or, a, or am I supposed to homeschool? And then he'll give us direction around that. Or maybe he'll show us a creative solution. Maybe it's like, okay, this legislation is coming down. It's making it very difficult to live out my life according to my values, but then the Lord brings a creative solution for us that we wouldn't have thought of on our own. And so when we can face these challenges that are real, it, it feels like our world is changing very quickly, but also, again, we have access to all of the pain and suffering and worries of the whole entire world. And again, now we're adding on to it, technology, chat GPT, Robots taking over the world, right? Like new fears that we didn't even have before are coming in. And so if we can slow down and if we can say, the water is there, Jesus is there. If I can go back to this firm foundation, even if it doesn't feel like it right now, even if my only experience, and believe me, in that diving class, my only experience was doing a backflop and having a stinging pain across my whole back every time I attempted a backdive. But if we can say, the water is there, and then we can look to the people around us. If I can figure out how to take the instruction of that swim coach, if I can surround myself with other godly influences, other godly people, people who are going to encourage me in this. We need people around us who are saying, let's seek the kingdom, let's seek the kingdom. Without that, we are on an island and we are not connected to the body and we are so prone to fear and to worry. And so I want to bring us to another passage to kind of bring this full circle today because Paul, obviously Paul, he was um, one of the, I mean, he, he is like the church planter of the New Testament, basically. And he walked so closely with the Lord, but he also experienced 
intense persecution. He was jailed. He was beaten. He was, I mean, within uh, near death on different occasions uh, because of his work for the gospel. But he knew an intimacy with the Lord that that is so profound that we can we can trust when we hear his words when we read the new testament and his writings specifically we can see that it's possible to experience backflops in life but also to walk in this place of peace and trust and expectation and intimacy with the lord and so i want to read romans 8 for us it's a familiar passage and there's a lot happening here but there's some keys to us as we work on our technique so that we can feel like, hey, the water held me this time. The water didn't slap me back. Like, oh my goodness, my faith is growing. My trust in the Lord is growing. I know it's there. My technique is improving. Look at me as I grow in my faith. So this is Romans 8, uh, starting in chapter or verse 18. I consider that our present sufferings are not worth comparing with the glory that will be revealed in us. For the creation waits in eager expectation for the children of God to be revealed. For the creation was subjected to frustration, not by its own choice, but by the will of the one who subjected it in hope that the creation itself would be liberated from its bondage to decay and brought into the freedom and glory of the children of God. Okay. Now, what does the fallen state of man have to do with creation? Why are we worried about creation groaning right now? And so here Paul is appealing to a Jewish audience. And the Jewish believer had a very intense understanding of this natural current world and time and the coming time. And the Jewish believer eagerly waited the newer the next age when all would be redeemed and so paul here is attempting to appeal to their understanding of this is a state of brokenness that we're living in right now however the creation itself will be liberated from its bondage to decay and brought into the freedom and glory of the children of God. And so he's saying us as New Testament believers, we get to walk in a measure of this glory now. We get to walk in the fullness of understanding of this redemption of Christ as we also await his second coming. And then we go down to verse 26 and it says, in the same way, the spirit helps us in our weakness. We don't know what we ought to pray for, but the spirit himself intercedes for us through wordless groans. And he who searches our hearts knows the mind of the spirit because the spirit intercedes for God's people in accordance with the will of God. Now, this also would have been a largely held understanding, even by the Greek philosophers of the time, saying that how can man possibly know how to pray for himself? How can we know how to pray for ourselves when we have a limited perspective of what's happening? We tend to be caught right here in the here and now. And in this moment, how can we know what's best for us? How can we not just be like little children who just want what we want, even if it's not for our own good? And so this is where Paul is asserting that we need to pray by the Holy Spirit. And this is where I want it to give us more confidence that the Lord is with us. The Holy Spirit is with us. If you're like, sure, I'll pray about education, for example, but 
How do I even know I'm going to hear from the Lord or know the right answer? And so this is where we're trusting. Time after time after time, it comes back to trusting that the Holy Spirit is with us, that he, if we just turn our face toward him, if we turn our attention toward him, if we ask, the Holy Spirit is there to inspire us, to lead us, and to intercede on our behalf. And 28 says, okay, we all know this passage. It might be hanging on your wall. 28 says, and we know that in all things, God works for the good of those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose. And so this is where I want to come back to. We need people around us who share our faith and who are strong in our faith. I needed a coach on the side of the pool saying, no, trust me. It's going to work. If you've ever met someone who is super mature in the faith, maybe they're, they're elderly and they've been walking with the Lord for years and years. Have you ever experienced someone whose countenance just glows with the peace of God? And even though they've perhaps been through loss, incredibly difficult, difficult things in their lives, they still have that peace and that glow about them. We need those people around us. We need those people cheering us on. We need those people saying, really, truly, your technique is going to get better. Soon you are going to enter, enter the water without a splash like an Olympic diver. We need those people in the faith. And so that's why it's so important to be important to be part of a local church or a Bible study. And I'm going to link to even online Bible studies, studies that you can be a part of um, so that somehow we can create community around us that's cheering us on and helping us to believe that in all things, God is going to work together for good. Because sometimes when we're in fear, sometimes when we're in pain or if we're experiencing loss, it's so difficult to hang on to that hope. All we feel is the sting of the water and we don't feel the comfort in knowing that truly this is going to work out. Truly in this, God has strengthened me. Every time I I try, I learn a little bit more. Every time I get a little bit better. And so we need people cheering us on. And then this is verse 31. What then shall we say in response to these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? He who did not spare his own son, but gave him up for us all, how will he not also, along with him, graciously give us all things? And once again here, Paul is appealing to his Jewish audience who would have been intimately familiar with the story of Abraham sacrificing his son Isaac. And they would have seen here the allusion to just as Abraham was willing to sacrifice his son, which is just so unthinkable that God did that for us in Jesus. And because he loves us so much, he gave us his son. And it says along with him, graciously gives us all things who will bring any charge against them whom God has chosen. It is God who justifies. Who then is the one who condemns? No one. Christ Jesus, who died more than that, was raised from the life, raised to life, is at the right hand of God and is also interceding for us. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall trouble or hardship or persecution or famine or nakedness or danger or sword? And again, Paul is speaking as one who knows. These are all things that he intimately experienced. No, in all these things, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. And then here's again where he is appealing to the culture of the day. For I am convinced that neither death nor life, angels nor demons, 
the present nor the future, nor any powers, height nor death, nor anything else in creation will be able to separate us from the love of God. Okay, so angels and demons. Even the Jewish believer had an incredibly elaborate view of angels. They believed that there were three different tiers of angels with different and varying levels of authority. But the thing that we might not understand is they actually believed that angels were against man because God created man higher than the angels. And so they actually had a negative view of angels. And so when he's saying, because we're like, well, why would angels keep us from God and the love of God? And so he has neither angels nor demons as forces that are spiritual forces that would keep us from God, neither the present nor the future. Again, the Jewish person lived with a very intense understanding of this present age and the age to come, nor anything else neither height nor depth and height nor depth is actually talking and speaking of the astrology of the day so there was um especially among the greek philosophers but again a lot of this cultural stuff would infiltrate the jewish believers and the gentiles of course there was this understanding of astrology and the stars and based on the day that you were born or the star that you were born under it would completely determine your future And so height nor depth is actually saying, hey, it doesn't matter what star you were born under. It doesn't matter what your sign is. (laughs) There is nothing that will keep you from the love of God. And so what we see in this whole chapter, when we start to put it all together, we should see a, a, a loving, poetic response from a man who has been battered, bruised, beaten, all for the sake of the gospel. And he's pouring out his heart to the Roman church. And he is saying, guys, I have experienced it all, but I am telling you, there is nothing that will separate you from the love of God. You may experience some physical pain or discomfort on this earth. There may be persecution around your beliefs, conflicting with government authorities and laws that are being passed right now. That's okay. You are going to be okay because no matter what happens, no rule or law about our schools, no division in the church, no uh, no medical diagnosis can keep you from the love of Christ. And so when we think about the future and we say fear is imagining the future without God there or worry is imagining the future without God there, We need to know we can have that confidence because he's here with us right now. Unless they drain the water out of the pool, which hopefully my coach would tell me not to stand backwards with my heels hanging off the diving board then. He is there. He is there. It may hurt at times. We may not get it right, especially if this is the thing I want to end on, especially if we lose focus. And the thing I believe that is warring right now with our understanding of how close the Lord is to us is our focus. There are so many things vying for our attention. We, I, I believe our generation is like this big experiment of what is going to happen to humans with technology, with phones, with access to all of the information of the world, because I believe what's happening with so much information at our fingertips, we think we know everything. And we might not be, we might not acknowledge that, but we think we know what the future holds because we know what the weather's going to be like tomorrow. I can even see if my groceries or my dinner is being delivered, 
I can see where the driver is en route. If I get a sore throat, I can look up on Google and determine where I believe this sickness is coming from and what I should do about it. I think I know everything. And so it's so essential right now that we find ways to fix our focus on the Lord, that we listen to podcasts. I'm going to link to every resource I've ever given you today. <laughs> we listen to podcasts that are building our faith. We listen to worship music that's helping us to connect with the Lord and be aware of his presence around us. Uh, we surround ourselves with people who are cheering us on, who are helping us with our form and encouraging us in our spiritual growth, and also who are helping us to feel hopeful for the future, who are helping us to trust that all of these things, all of these hardships, all of this pain I'm experiencing right now is going to work together for good. It's a promise. It's a promise. And so we need to be so, so careful about our focus right now and so, so jealous about our affections and so, so intentional about where we're fixing our eyes. So it's great. We can spend time together. I promise to always do my best to point you to Jesus and faith in him and help us to stay away from fear. Again, I'm going to link to every resource I have, online small groups, um, podcasts, Bible studies. And then I would love, continue to, if you're watching on YouTube, you can share in the comments, you know, great resources that help you to fix your eyes on Jesus. You can always email me. You'll find that contact information in the show notes. And together, we'll keep encouraging one another on and helping each other to trust that nothing, nothing, nothing can separate us from the love of God now or in the future. So Father, I thank you so much for this truth. Lord, I pray right now, that you would help this truth to, to sink down deep within our hearts. Lord, that we would know that even if we've experienced pain, even if we've experienced loss, even if right now we're suffering, that you are with us and nothing can separate us from our love, from your love. And Father, I pray that you would help us. Lord, help us to be surrounded by a loving and faithful community of believers. Lord, help us to fix our eyes on you throughout the day, the whole day. Lord, help us to be prayerful. Help us to be seeking your wisdom and help us to be hopeful toward the future because you're there. So Father, I just pray right now for just a, a, a divine refreshment, Lord, a fresh infilling of your Holy Spirit, Lord, that the Holy Spirit would guide us in prayer and would continue to make intercession for us, Lord, and would lead us in all wisdom. So Father, I thank you. Strengthen us, Lord. Encourage us. And I bless each one of us now in Jesus' name. Amen. <music>